Abaji open for three, and he'll nail it. Boy, that's how you answer. That is how you answer. Got a mismatch, took advantage of it in transition. And boy, Kansas fans have to be saying, boy, oh boy, if this is the way Abaji is going to play all season long, what a difference, Jay, that can make for the Jayhawks. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Yeah, an impressive performance last night. Abaji with 29 points in the Kansas uh, Jayhawks. 87-74 to victory over uh, Michigan State. And a uh, smile on my face every time that Remy Martin is referenced. The ASU transfer had 15 points uh, in that game last night to start things off with the Champions Classic. And in the nightcap, you had Duke over Kentucky 79-71. to Welcome back. This is BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth, Joe G out today. He returns to the show uh, tomorrow. but And we'll hear from Jimmy Patsos in just a moment. Get his thoughts on the night in college basketball and looking ahead to this evening in the association. Uh, but Aaron, like uh, that Abaji performance, 29 points uh, for Kansas was remarkable. The number of transfers contributing right away for them. And then there's Duke. I mean, the, the big storyline all year, we know it's going to be about Coach K, year number 42, and his final season, all that stuff. There's going to be ceremonies before every single tip-off. Uh, we know all this, but uh, Bancaro was remarkable. So was the freshman Keels, and they combined for 47 points. So Duke takes out Kentucky with an eight-point win. Uh, what, what else jumped out to me is they made one three all night. One three. Gosh, so, wow. uh, yeah, that that was impressive. And as you mentioned, <laughs> a lot of favorites in uh, night number one in college hoops. Yeah, um, it looks like the favorites covered and a lot of those top ranked teams won as expected. Um, do, have you done any futures yet, like conference winners or looked at anything college basketball wise? Not yet. I'm thinking that uh, I'm going to take a look at Kansas. The best number that I was able to find was 16 to 1 yesterday. I don't expect it to move after taking out unranked Michigan State unless there's really smart money backing the Kansas Jayhawks. But uh, I think that's my your best bet right now. As we, uh, as we addressed yesterday, Gonzaga, a little bit too much hype there. And um, there was a top 25 team that went down to an unranked team, and that was... That was Virginia. They lost to Navy 66 to 58. And the, the team that's always going to be fun to watch. Um, well, of course, UCLA. Some think they're the most talented team out there. But Memphis just crushing Tennessee Tech last night. Man, they just get recruit after recruit after recruit. So uh, we'll see if it can all come together for them. Uh, Paul Aspen, he's in Cancun. So he's out the rest of the week. Our producer, stepping in, Zach Kroll, he's a, uh, a huge college hoops uh maven here so zach what what were your thoughts on night number one i mean it's your time of the year now through march uh tell us uh, how it was watching the game how'd you do betting and everything yeah i was at the game last night and it was an oh you were atmosphere yeah i was you go for, for both yeah for the double hunter yeah oh. it, was, <laughs> it was an insane time it was a great time uh seeing everyone it was great to have fans back uh, at college basketball games a couple thoughts on each one i was so impressed with oshai abaji as you said the crazy thing about Oshai is in a, an era where usually the good players, they go one and done, two and done. This is a guy who is in his fifth year of college, and he's only been getting better and better. 
as his career has gone on. Remy Martin did not do much in the first half, but I think if you're a Jayhawk fan, that's a good sign because this is a guy who at Arizona State, he actually said it in the postgame press conference, he really was relied upon just shooting the ball, shooting the ball, being that number one source of offense for ASU. Mm-hmm. But with this Jayhawk team, he could now distribute the ball a little bit more, playing with more talent around him. And it was clear to me that Kansas just had the, uh, the talent advantage yesterday over Michigan State. It was a really nice effort by the Jayhawks. Uh, before we move on to the other game, uh, you did this off the air, but you were talking up Kansas. They're, they're your pick for the title. Uh, tell us why. The Jayhawks are a team that has the combination I look for in terms of possible national championship teams. They have experience. They have talent. They have depth, and they are very well coached. A lot of people sometimes will hate on Bill Self due to the fact that sometimes he'll have some early tournament losses. Sometimes he gets Mm -hmm. in trouble with the NCAA. But this guy, he's on a revenge (laughs) tour. He never goes away. This is a guy that all he does is win basketball games. He's been the head coach of Kansas for 20-plus years, and he has like 13 home losses or some crazy number like that. All this guy does is win. You could never get rid of him. And I love what Kansas possesses. I really do. Um. Jay Kassan is a huge Illinois fan. and 20 years? He's been there 20 years? That's amazing to me. Because, so living in the Chicagoland area, I know some Illinois fans that are still mad at Bill Self for leaving for the better program. And, Zach, they still refer to him as Bill Selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if Jake's one of those people. He's probably trying to get Jimmy on the horn. Uh, Okay, Duke, Kentucky. uh, Takeaways there. Wow, this was just such a high-level basketball team game between two of the best teams in the country. Going into this one, it was interesting because both these teams were not very good last year. And that was the first thing that stood out to me, watching these two teams. The difference between this year and last year, it's night and day. With Duke, you look at them, Bonchero. I think he's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. He, mm-hmm. when you watch him, just pops. He looks like an NBA player already. You mentioned Trevor Keels, a guy who really going into the season was Duke's third most heralded freshman, and he proved last night he could be a big, big difference maker. Has some Baron Davis in him, weighs 230 pounds, just a physical guard who gets after it. And in Coach K's last year, this is a Duke team that is very, very dangerous. I'm not picking them to win the national championship, but you wouldn't be shocked given everything that Coach K has gone with with throughout his career. Uh, Things could end well there. And with Kentucky – uh, it was a frustrating game. I think Duke's defense really did a good job frustrating them. Ty Ty Washington, who we mentioned yesterday, that was going to be the key for Kentucky. When he doesn't score the ball, the Cats may have some trouble winning games. Oscar Shibwe was phenomenal on the glass. 19 rebounds in total. And if you are a Kentucky fan, I do think the positive going forward is that your best players didn't play great. Ty Ty Washington shut down. Severe Wheeler, your point guard, he was up and down, but he turned the ball over seven times. And still, with Boncaro and Keels going off on the other side, the Kentucky was still uh, able to find a way to make this game competitive. So I feel good about all four teams playing last night. Champions Classic, it was a great event. And I uh, just very happy to have college basketball back. Have you, have you seen number one draft pick odds anywhere posted? I haven't seen them. Yeah, I haven't, but I, I, I'll tell you what. If I were to guess, I think Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga is probably that number one choice. And he, if you watch his highlights, are so flashy, and he's so fun to watch. He's this 7'2", 
big man who could shoot around the perimeter and he could do so many cool things on the basketball court. But when you look at Boncaro and Duke and some of the competition they'll have in the ACC, and I was just really impressed how he was able to elevate his game to the competition last night. Super impressive job by Duke. And I would bet Boncaro, especially at plus odds, to be that number one pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, so I haven't done anything yet. I, I like to wait a little bit in college hoops and just kind of watch teams and, and see if uh, how, how they're doing against uh, some of the tougher teams out there in the country as they start to improve. Is there still value in the numbers? So I haven't uh, got, gotten any teams, but I usually take my longer shots. Then I lose like I did a couple of years ago with Texas Tech when I had them at 200 to one in the championship game. That was a lot of fun. Uh, are there any long shots that you think have a super high ceiling? And then at, at one point it's going to shock people to see them top 10 and Ken Palm and maybe a top three or four seed in uh, in the tournament. One team that really impressed me last night was the Yukon Huskies. This is a team that lost James Booknight to the NBA. And last year there were a seven seed. Not a lot of people go into this season with Yukon uh, with the loss of Booknight expecting them to be better than last year or a top 10, top 15 team. But I think this team has the talent to do so. I get it. They played Central Connecticut State last night, but they won 99 to 48. Yukon did a really good job shooting the ball. And I love... Uh, Danny Hurley as a head coach. I feel like every time you give this guy talent, going back to his days at Rhode Island, going back to his days at Wagner, he's always able to get the job done. And UConn balanced last night. They had uh, five players in double-digit figures scoring the basketball. That's what I love, balanced and well-coached teams, and I think UConn has that. Okay, More so than UConn Villanova? Sorry, you like them No, yeah, that's where Villanova? I was going, Aaron. Okay. I think it's really close. Villanova has been a team that over the past eight, nine years, they've dominated the Big East. All they've done is win. However, over the last two, three years, the conference has been a little bit more competitive. Villanova has had a couple shared titles, and they do lose a lot. Jay Wright is a guy who is always known for winning games. He's put some uh, guys in the NBA. I still would give Villanova the slight edge in the Big East over UConn. I just think the Huskies, when it comes to March, are a team that we could be looking at with good value that could win a couple yeah. games in, in the yeah. NCAA tournament. So, but with the odds, um, you've probably got to, like, even though you give the edge to Villanova and there's a reason they're minus 115 at FanDuel Sportsbook to win the Big East, you probably might want to take a shot at UConn because later in the year, those odds would be much, much closer and they're sitting at the second as the second favorite at plus 470. Like, even though you would give the edge to Nova, with the odds, you would take a shot at UConn at 5-1, to one, right? Absolutely. I think it's pretty even. When those two teams play, it's going to be must-see TV. And UConn has done a really good job over the last couple of years bringing in talent. And I do think Danny Hurley, in year four, this is his time to make that big leap with the Huskies. Oh, one more, one more. Because living in the Midwest, this is always a popular pick, even though there's not a lot of hype around this team going into the season but by the end of the year people always expect you know they start talking up tom Izzo. maybe he's going to do something uh for obvious reasons we were, we were focused on the kansas side what about the the losing side with michigan state do you think he has anything i mean we know the thing every year oh second half of the season this is when they start to turn it on they like to get those tough tests out of the way and, and learn a few things and they become better as a team is he talked they talk about it all the time uh do you think there's anything there with michigan state by the time we get to march 
So one thing that was clear with me watching Michigan State in this game is that it is going to take some time, especially with this team. When I look at Michigan State right now, they don't really have a go-to score that could just get them a bucket when they need it right now. And I think they showed that last night. However, they have a lot of, of pieces that are only getting better. And I do think that as time goes on, when everyone really starts to find a role with Michigan State, that's when they're really going to get going. Right now, I do not think they're a top 25 team. The Big Ten is such a loaded conference that they're going to have some uh, troubles there playing competitive games on a night in, night out basis. But it's a Tom Izzo team. I think that they're, they will find a way to make the tournament. However, when you compare it to some of his other Michigan State teams, I don't think this is great. However, mm -hmm. there are some uh, key spots to watch. Max Christie, he is the guy that Tom Izzo has insisted will be their go-to guy. He's a freshman. He's still figuring it out. Only had nine points last night. But I just think Michigan State is, I don't want to say an average team. They're above average. I think they'll make the tournament, but they're not really a threat to me going forward in terms of a team that could possibly make a deep run. What about in the Pac-12? Can anyone challenge UCLA? Yeah, so the interesting thing about UCLA is when you look at their roster, it's so talented. They have so many good players, and last year they had that great run to the Final Four, but they were an 11 seed last year. So a lot of people going into this year are wondering, was that run to the Final Four a fluke? Did they just get hot for a week or two? And I do think the Bruins are legit. I think they're a top-five team. I love Mick Cronin as a coach. He's done a good job since he's came in from Cincinnati getting that team to buy in. The one team that could possibly challenge them is Oregon. The Ducks are a team that have made consistent NCAA tournaments over the last couple of years. Dana Altman is a guy who loves to bring in talent, especially from the transfer portal. And usually with the Ducks, it will take some time. But by the time we hit March, I feel like every year they're just that seven seed that finds a way to win uh, some surprising games in the tournament. So I would say Oregon is the biggest threat to UCLA. And, and a quick note for people that are thinking about placing some conference bets is read the fine print on whatever sports book you're using because some of them are for regular season conference champions and some of them are for the tournament. Uh, th there's there's that big difference. So you don't want to have your team win the regular season conference championship and, and then you're mad and then you realize, oh, it's a tournament, which can be fluky from time to time. Like last year we saw uh, some big time, big time uh, long shots take down some of those tournaments, right? Yeah, I, when you look at Georgetown winning the Big East, you look at Oregon State yeah. winning the Pac-12. There right. were some crazy ones that not, not a lot of people saw coming. However, I do think this year, especially with uh, fans back in, you could just tell last night the atmosphere and everyone there just seemed a little bit more relaxed. The players were so happy to be out there on the floor playing a normal season with fans. And I'm curious, uh, with fans back in the fold, if that will have any effect on the possible uh, long shot upsets that we saw a little bit last year. Well, yeah, I mean, in closing, I, you were there, but what really jumped out to me, even with the fans there, no impact on the, on the players, on the actual players. Like these freshmen, these trans, they're not scared, and they're already defining roles on night number one. Like there, I heard a lot of chatter about teams that have numerous transfers, like, oh, I don't know about them. I'm going to fade them early in the season. Maybe that's going to be a bad play. Yeah, you guys know in the NCAA tournament sometimes in the first game, uh, there will be a dead crowd, not a lot of fans, and we'll see some upsets at, during that 12-30 slot. That's kind of how it felt like yesterday, that Duke-Kentucky game. It was really the main event there uh, at Madison yep. Square Garden. Uh, that's Zach Kroll here from Odyssey. He's our executive producer. 
for uh, the next few shows. Terrific stuff, Zach. As you can tell, he certainly knows his college hoops. Coming up next, we go off the board. I love these stories that Aaron has picked out here for off the board. And then power rankings at the top of the hour. Going to fight about that. Just fighting every day on this show. Jokic Brothers, they're next. You'll hear about more fighting. <laughs> Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth, Joe G out today. Keep it locked on BQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. <laughs> 